Hey, y'all, it's Marie Danielle Atis, and you're listening to the Millennia Her Podcast. I don't listen to podcasts often, but when I do, I make sure I listen to the Millennia Her Podcast. You are now tuned in to Millennia Her. Welcome back, TGIT. We're back for episode four. The episode is called No Means No. Okay. Thank you to the loyal listeners. We hope that you enjoyed the episode thus far. Um, shout out to everyone that's been supporting us, um, the guests that we had. And, you know, we cater to both male and females because mm-hmm. we are the blueprint for like-minded bosses on the rise. I'm a boss. I'm a boss. I'm a boss. Yes. So welcome back. Uh, and my name is Ariel Ryan. Co-host is Cheryl's. Okay, so become a Patreon member. Um, Like we said in previous episodes, we are looking for everyone to kind of support us on this journey, as you have, um, where we are offering exclusive perks for being loyal to us and helping us fund our $5,000 goal in building a team, heightening up for future seasons and more things to come from TMP. We are offering a variety of things upcoming including merch behind the scenes footage and how to create a podcast so we are also offering um entry into giveaways so be on the lookout for that the link is www.patreon.com backslash the millennia podcast Yes. So let's just hot, jump right into our hot topics for this episode, which is for today's hot topics. We want to shed a light and have a discussion on acts of violence that get reported on the media, but talk about the details of the case that are convoluted due to either the strategic or saturated coverage. Um, we're talking all things Richard Pryor Jr., and his sexual abuse as a minor in 2019, Richard Pryor's ex-bodyguard and friend Rashawn Khan revealed in a recent interview while promoting his upcoming tell-all book, um, Inside Scoops to the Lives of Celebrities that he's working with, claiming that Paul, comedian Paul Mooney, one of Richard Pryor's seniors, um, f- close friends, and he said that he was sexually abused, that he was sexually abusing his son. So Richard Pryor Jr., um, was a teenager, and well, this happened well before the 80s. TMZ caught up with Richard Pryor Jr. recently and asked him about the allegations, and he mm-hmm. didn't specifically deny it. Just claimed that whatever relationship that was formed couldn't be consensual if he was a teenager. Mm. He didn't wish to comment after that, and since then, Paul Mooney has been canceling shows, and they have been more so in the media giving more attention to the assault allegations. Wow. That's a lot. That, you said a lot. So do you believe that the media remains an objective in news of sexual assault acts committed against men compared to women? Um, I believe that um, when it comes to sexual assault of against women, we are 
quick to, you know, jump to their side, which is well warranted, um, as opposed to when it's a male coming out, um, we're kind of more skeptical. Uh, and we kind of use a large, we, we try to scope it out, try to find the facts. We don't call it, we, you know, we don't call a spade a spade in that moment. We, we, we still are like, well, these, this is, um, allegedly, or we're quick to use those PC terms. Um, and, and we give the men a harder time, even when it's already hard to come out as it is. So I, I don't think the media is quite there yet. Um, but it, it, uh, yes, that's what I will say. I don't think we're there yet. I agree with you because of um, toxic masculinity. Men are the way society views men is just like it's a negative thing for them to be survivors. So do you agree with the retroactive prosecution happening against those accused of these violence acts? This includes Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, R. Kelly, Michael Jackson from the scrutiny from the Leaving Neverland documentary. Um, I do. I do agree with the, the like, basically retroactive prosecution is, you know, taking, it's like pulling Rico in an FBI case. I watch too much on Sons of Anarchy. But essentially, it's like, when you are trying to take from, take their acts from years ago, and you're trying to, you know, bring forth a uh, justice in some some sort of form of fashion um, to those who are being uh, accused of it. And so I do agree. I think that it's necessary because you... Message. Yes, message. Because at the end of the day, we need to hold those accountable. You know, what you did in the past must come to the light. And you are to be held accountable for that and to be an example for those who think they're going to try it and show them that even if they don't understand it as they should, which is no means no, and you shouldn't do things without having consent. This is to show you logically that if you do do these things that are against the law, that this is what will happen to you, no matter how rich you may be, no matter how um, high profile you may be, no matter your notoriety and what you, you know, any of those things, none of that matters when you know you're stripped of it once you go to jail and also in this day and age we gotta factor in the resources that we have like we're in a social media um dominant situation so everything is on social media you can technically be an activist through social media by while using these hashtags because most of these situations like although we knew about bill cosby and r kelly most of them came to light through hashtags um, because of social media. Right. And also rec- recently Common talked about being sexually abused when he was younger in his new book. Mm-hmm. And there's been different celebrities like Terry Crews, you know, Rasby with his situation and Aaron Carter kind of talked about it during when the Leaving Neverland documentary dropped. So it's more men coming out um more and more which is making the conversation continue and it's kind of delving into that to show that you know it does happen not just to females but to males as well and we should have open arms for them so that they have a safe space to come forward and we shouldn't scrutinize them as much um if they are the victims and if for those who are the perpetrators whether male or female it just happened that you know the richard Pryor situation is in the forefront of the media you know, male against male, we need to hold everyone accountable as such. Yes. 
and and, and that kind of segues into something also very recent. Um, Jeffrey Epstein, um, his case, obviously, um, that happened earlier, well, July and then into um, late August, where he was arrested and charged with sexual abuse of minors and sex trafficking. His youngest victim was reportedly as young as 14. His alleged acts crossed the state lines of both New York and Florida and various... Yes, and various others. His trial was not was not set to begin until summer of 2020, but he was facing a maximum of 45 years in prison when a month after that, his, his initial arrest, it was declared that he committed suicide by hanging while in his cell. What a f- cop-out. Whack. Like, what a cop-out. Um, FBI continues to investigate, and evidence was pretty damning. Uh, photographs of minors while in the act, multiple victim statements, etc. And Epstein has... T- uh, obviously had ties to high profile people, which being um, number 45. My sentiments. Exactly. We don't even need to say his name. Um, and Bill Clinton, whom they both claimed that he up until the time of his arrest was a quote unquote terrific guy. So, you know, I, we say that, you know, I say that to say um, the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing is still very much a topic only because, Um, Us as millennials, they saturated the media so much with this guy. It was kind of hard to assess all of the details, like as far as what was going on, as far as what he did, who he affected, how many women, children that he affected. So I wanted to paint that small picture for you. He definitely did try. And now he's you know not here with us anymore. Um, But yeah. So, I mean, in the end, he maybe got what he deserves. So do you believe that the suicide is a cover up of something larger, like a conspiracy or a way to not a way to co- uh, not corroborate, corroborate these allegations to those high in power? Now, you know, you're talking to the biggest conspiracy theorist out there. So this you is know- why I'm asking this question, because I knew you was going to have an answer. I believe it's a conspiracy because of let's just compare it to Sandra Bland. Mm. The whole situation with Sandra Bland where it's like the cops definitely covered it up Mm -hmm. because, um, like you said, he was connected to a lot of high power people. He's connected to the president of the United States. So you mean to tell me that the um, because of his connections, um, it definitely was covered up. Okay, Um, you know, I'm not really good with conspiracies, but it just seemed very um, convenient that literally. A month to date, like a little, a couple of days later, he literally was dead in a cell. And he was on suicide watch. So it was just so like, like, how how does that even happen? How, Twain? Exactly. It's the same reason why they said he's technically not a billionaire, but he had offshore accounts in like Virgin Islands. Wow. So, you know, it's like how, the numbers don't add up. A lot of things don't add up. White privilege. Um, Exactly. Do you find that in high profile cases similar to that of Epstein, Kelly and Cosby, that the the media scrutinizes survivors more than the perpetrators or vice versa? I think it's vice versa, because for R. Kelly, um, he actually had a documentary, Surviving R. Kelly, which gave the survivors a chance to actually talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. So the media does a good job at um, giving survivors like a voice to spread awareness. I think... I think it kind of depends um, on who it is. Because, for example, with um, 
with Cosby, it was it was only it was out there, but it took so many uh, elements. Like it 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 was almost as if um, like they they kept leaving the door open for the perpetrator to kind of seem like not guilty, but guilty. It was like I think it it just seemed like that because we love Bill Cosby. Okay. And um we all grew up watching that. we all grew up watching the Cosby show and we looked at him as a father figure. Okay. So we didn't want to see him in that light. I understand. I can understand that. And then I can definitely agree. Okay. Look at you changing my perspectives. I Thank know. you. Yeah. I try. And 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 to to add to your point, they definitely did um allow the survivors of Jeffrey Epstein uh, to actually speak out even after his uh, his suicide. suicide. They let them have a whole press conference to uh, kind of basically shed light on all of the abuse that they've dealt with. So thank you, Cheryl. You're welcome. Metro Hygiene Products and Services is a facility and restroom service supply program for any organization, business, large or small. Weekly or bi-weekly service ensures that your organization or business does not run out of paper towels, toilet tissues, hand soap, air fresheners, hand sanitizers, and more. Metro Hygiene is a hassle-free, no upfront cost, no contract, free dispensers, and installations. Service plans start as low as $29.99, so call them today for more details and to get your installation set up. The number is 1-877-534-1306. The Millennial Herd Podcast is looking for you business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers out there looking to gain exposure and more consumer support for all of the latest projects or merchandise or whatever great things that you have going on. We're looking to promote that throughout our episodes. We have a full season ahead of us, so please email us if you're looking for multiple packages available at the Millennial Herd Podcast on Instagram, or you can email us at the Millennial Herd Podcast at gmail.com. We are segueing into obviously our favorite segment, which is going to be our black business of the week. Did you support a black business this week? Cheryl's always ask you first. Yeah, you're ready. I have to shout them out. Um, Afro Taco, Food Truck in Newark. They're Ghanaian owned and they had a brunch at Zuluba Bar. So they're doing their thing. So shout outs to Afro Taco. And I actually have a black business of the week. It's like my hometown favorite. It's like the neighborhood, uh, Carly's Lounge in uh, Hillside. In Hillside. It's black. I didn't know it was black owned. Yeah. It definitely is. Let me tell you, $10 you could get lit in Carly's. No, for real. Like, and... But they only take cash still, so it's like... They they got got one of the best wings in Jersey, besides Ambassadors. And the fish, too. Yeah, the fish is really good. So Carly's Lounge in Hillside, so make sure you um, check that out, okay? And Carly's, I need a free fish platter. Thanks. And we also need sponsors, so Afro Taco, if you're listening. Yes. Holla at us. Holla at us. Shout us out and (laughs) hit us up in our DMs. Next. Now, um, we're definitely going to segue into what has also been uh, trending in recent media in, in, um, in, um, on the topic of abuse and sexual violence and um, non-consensual acts being 
uh, the topic of abortion laws and uh, the rights of women having been a huge controversial debate alongside deciphering when a woman is uh, scientifically and legally said to be carrying a life backslash fetus, black backslash baby, however you would like to um, reference. Um, there are mo- uh, numerous states who have signed legislation, legislative bills banning abortion at different times of pregnancy, regardless of Oh my goodness! Yes, yes, it's it's very um it's very much still a hot topic. Um, regardless of pregnancies formed from cases of incest and rape, so a few of these states to name is Georgia, uh, which is supposed to take effect in January 2020. Um, there's actually a preliminary uh, injunction within the next week or so uh, to decide whether there will be a temporary block on it. So t- that that's. That's a pretty big state to be trying to impact a and you know a whole law, and also different states like Alabama, Louisiana um signed a well the Democrats signed a bill but it's currently not in effect, and um Missouri, this is a big one yeah so this- let's unpack this together okay um as of late August uh, Missouri had an eight week ban on abortion and keep in mind it was only one abortion clinic. Statewide. Statewide. Um, but as of recently, the there was a Missouri judge who officially blocked the ban. So shout out to uh, the judge. And and it's just a whole debate. Continue, Cheryl's. So Alexis McGill Johnson, acting president and CEO of Planned Parenthood, praised the ruling and vowed to continue to fight in law and court. Johnson said today's decision blocks a harmful law that bans abortions before many known that they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. She wrote in a statement, what little abortion access in Missouri is left will stay in place for the time being. Republican Governor Mike Parson said, we sent a strong message that Missouri stands for life, protection of women's health, and Mm -hmm. advocates for the unborn with the passage of signing the HB 126. Message! Parson said in a statement, we are encouraged that today's court's ruling upheld the anti-discrimination provisions of law and we look and we're looking forward to litigating the remaining issues as governor i am honored to lead a state that is committed to standing up for those mm-hmm. without a voice and will continue to fight for the unborn he added yes um that is great that missouri has a um has a representative that can speak out and is and is not afraid to uh, put into perspective the rights of women and to continue to fight, even though he's a Republican. And that was made a great point only because they are typically the ones who, who's conservatives and they believe in, you know, abortion and, is wrong. Right. Um, so shout out to Mike Parson, Governor Mike Parson, and obviously Planned Parenthood for standing in the right. Um, and then also just to say that there is so much going on with the abortion ban laws um, in these states that we need to be aware of, you know, just making sure that we know the law and we keep ourselves safe because at the end of the day, it is our body, but they're trying to take our rights. And And we're not trying to turn into the handmaid's tale. Exactly. I I don't watch the show, but according to Cheryl's, it seems like a very terrible situation to be in. Blessed be the fruit. Make the Lord open. But obviously transitioning from sexual violence um, as well as abortion, we have to make sure that we touch base on violence that is 
for our millennials specifically and Gen Zers, which is violence on college campuses, whether that be sexual abuse, assault, dating, domestic violence. It's a good number of our millennial and Gen Z listeners who haven't begun to or returned to college looking to secure the bag in their careers. Shout outs to you. Congrats. But according to Rape, Abuse and Incest National Network, studies show that students are at the highest risk of sexual assault in the first few months, weeks even, of their first and second semesters in college. As you continue to strive academically, it's important that both men and women are aware of how dangerous a college campus can be if not making safe decisions. In addition to that, it's important to put these acts of violence in the forefront for those who aren't knowledgeable. That way we can all navigate in safe ways and feel as though that rape culture is a taboo topic. We have a few statistics for you to paint a picture of how common these violences are. So according to Campus Safety Magazine, as of March 2018, 44% of sexual assault and rape victims, both male and females, are under the age of 18. Juveniles, youth ages 17 and under, account for almost 90% of male victims in every type of sex crimes. And lastly, between 20 and 25% of women will experience a complete and or attempted rape during their college career. This is not to exclude those who may be dating their perpetrator or who will who would be, p- potentially be their perpetrator. R. Kelly. Yes. Victims were on a date with... Victims who were on a date with their perpetrator is in the 12.8 percentile of completed rapes and 35 percent of attempted rapes. And then there's some other small stats in one one in three sexual assaults. The perpetrator was intoxicated. And then most important statistic of them all, I feel, is that less than 50 percent of victims, both male and female, actually report their assault. Wow, that's huge. We have a prevention education specialist as a guest co-host today to help open up about the community serving those victims of sexual violence acts and offer advice and tips to those who are survivors or know of someone who experienced it. So Marie Daniel Atis um, currently serves as the prevention education coordinator and the head of the Office of Violence Prevention at Ramapo College of New Jersey. Marie has over 15 years of experience as a preventionist. Prior to her current role at Ramapo College, she served as an assistant director for both health promotion and sexual violence services under student affairs at Rutgers University. Ms. Atis focuses on strategic planning for an ongoing, comprehensive, systemic approach to violence prevention. Welcome. So welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for Hi. having me. Hey. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here today. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So let's just jump right into it. All right. That intro was beautiful. You've done a lot. Yeah. Oh, I'm old. <laughs> You're seasoned. Season. 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 There's a difference. There's a difference. And look at fierce. Everyone, look at fierce. She looks so dope today. She looks amazing. <laughs> she said she woke see. up like this. Okay. <laughs> those who cannot see, she looks amazing. But yeah, anyway. Thank you. So with the school year having begun, how does the objectives that your team has set in mind to achieve university-wide affect the students in long term or in the long run and in the short run? That's an interesting question because something that most uh, folks don't know is that we have federal mandates that tell colleges and universities um, what they have to um, do as far as violence prevention on Mm -hmm. their campuses. Um, 
Truly, we do have outside initiatives, but what is mandated by all colleges, and all of you who went to college remember having sexual assault intervention services, Mm -hmm. and uh, you had to go through this training and Mm -hmm. things of that nature. So that's staple. We all colleges have to do that. But because I'm a preventionalist at heart, um, I go above and beyond that. So um, the first uh, semester at school, every first-year student will have seen me at least six times um, just so they can get the message because Mm -hmm. they said you need at least five times Mm -hmm. for it to sink in. So there's several um, programs that we do on college campuses to promote that. Um, And in the long run, what these programs do is, first of all, there's this red zone period that we are very cognizant of um, when it comes to sexual violence. And that's the first six weeks of school. So the, the, for the first three weeks, we have all these intensive programming. So we find, and statistics has shown that the more you expose students earlier, the less likely they will become victims and even perpetrators of sexual violence. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So um, as yeah. being a trained professional, skilled to spot trouble in any form of violence, what similarities do you find when speaking to survivors? Um. There's a lot, but what's the most salient is that all survivors, I was, I was going to say most, but um, all survivors that I've encountered that have come to counseling through my office always has have a sense of why did it happen to me? But more importantly, they blame themselves, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's um, because of rape culture. A bunch of factors go into that, but the common denominator in most survivors or even victims, because I say victim and survivors interchangeably because there are some survivors, some folks who don't feel like survivors yet. So I really let them tell me what it is that they are. Um, But yeah, so the common thread with all victims and survivors is that they find some way to blame themselves. It doesn't matter how much I tell them and try to empower them. It seems to go back to I shouldn't have I shouldn't have gone to that party. I shouldn't have pre-gamed. And we all know alcohol has nothing to do with right. sexual violence. Exactly. Um so yeah, so that's really the common thread between them. And what would be some campus tips offered to educate students um on how to withstand or eliminate violence? Or in how to seek help if they've dealt with it in their past history. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with the latter part of the question, only because I have some statistics fresh in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So between 14% to I think it's 17% of college um, first-year students have reported that they were a victim of sexual misconduct in the past. So they either were raped, um, groped, um, sexual harassed before they even get to college. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say that some of the things that they can do starts even before they step on campus. And Mm -hmm. a lot of high schools are already talking about sexual violence and things of that nature. It's kind of crazy that we even have to have that conversation so early. To me, that's early. Even though it's high school, it's early. It's, I mean, but they're having but sex, minors. they're drinking, yeah. right? Yeah. They're yeah. drinking. And although alcohol is not what causes sexual assault, but it does lower inhibitions, yeah. it does facilitate mm-hmm. a sexual assault, there's very few sexual assaults that don't involve alcohol or drugs. So, And since um, students are doing drinking and smoking before they even come on campus, then they should begin the, the, the uh, education yeah, the before education. that. Before mm-hmm. that. So... 
Um, yeah, so some tips is to educate yourself. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, I, I saw earlier something about RAIN. RAIN is a great organization that you can look up. Um, it's Rape and Incest National Network, and it mm -hmm. gives students, um, folks, a lot of resources about sexual violence. So New Jersey is great because it has a rape care center in every single county. Wow. We are a great state in regards to prevention of sexual violence. Um, we still say among the same one out of five college females will be a victim of sexual violence in their college careers. Mm -hmm. That's still that stat has not changed in the last 25 years. But if you inform yourself and understand what sexual violence is, then you'll less likely be a victim and you will less likely be a perpetrator as well. So, now, oh, okay. so, Take Back the Night mm -hmm. is the earliest worldwide movement to stand against sexual violence, especially violence against women who haven't become on camp college campuses. And um, this has been a movement expanded to include all types of violence, being domestic, dating abuse, etc. So how inclusive is this to men? <sighs> Men, men, men. <laughs> um, I always say we cannot combat sexual violence without men's uh, involvement in the movement, right? Um, most uh, sexual assaults are perpetrated by men. Um, we're not saying that men are not victimized as well. They are. Um, but because we live in a society where um, men don't have a platform to say I was a victim of sexual assault or we don't give them um, the same clout. Like their the Me sexual, Too movement. Yeah, so Me Too movement is really focused on women, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, um, but however, I think if we got more men to come up and say, yes, I was a victim of sexual violence, and by that I'm saying not only childhood sexual violence, because we tend to, if a, a man as a child was a victim of sexual violence, um, embrace them. Yes, let's take care of them. But when they're older and they are a victim of sexual violence, I think I take Terry for a great example. We ridiculed him as a country when he said that his manager or whoever he was groped him and he lost the case. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more because a man is coming out. If it was a woman, it would have been different. I'm not saying that they do mm -hmm. great jobs with women, but I think they're less likely um, to help men. But I think if more men came out, and Mormon came out to places like Take Back the Night, which I, I'm glad to say when I've done Take Back the Nights on both campuses where I worked, there was a good male presence. But college students tend to um, um, be more involved, right? Yeah. So, But if we can take that outside into the community, when, get it, when we get in the community, it gets even harder right. to do. So, um, yeah, Take Back the Night is a great thing, but I just don't want to focus on these huge movements because it's the things we do every day okay. that counts even more. So since we're talking about Take Back the Night, according to Take Back the Night organization, yeah. one in six men experience sexual violence. How do you best support men survivors? Um, I mean, you talk about rape culture with them for sure because it's rape culture that that perpetuates sexual assault and, and it's even worse for men because of the whole machismo thing, you're yeah, a man. Toxic you're masculinity. Toxic, definitely toxic masculinity. So it's it's you you approach them by empowering them, right? Mm -hmm. um, not re-victimizing them because when we say, "Oh, boys will be boys," or "or that's so gay," or mm -hmm. whatever, then it 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 shuts them down. So you meet them where they are. Um, you give them the same resources. Really, it's not like the resources change because it's men, but they're like they're less likely 
to accept those resources because how society views men or tells us what men should be. So it's a more difficult um, mm-hmm. endeavor. Um, but I, I've, I've serviced male victims throughout my career. Um, they tend to stay in therapy less. Yes. They're really a, a, a tough group to get to um, a place of wellness again. Yeah. But I think if we keep talking, like right. we're talking yeah. today, mm-hmm. and, and putting them into the conversation, not just as perpetrators, because but that's as, what we see them, right. but as victims, as, as survivors, well, as, survivors as well. Yeah. Yeah. So any final things for those who, like you said, in the first six weeks of school, you know, what should be on high alert of as students in general? I mean, I, I say, I'm going to say this is for men and women, but I'm going to say more for first year women is that I know you're being uh, acclimated into a new environment. I know you have a sense of freedom that you did not have at home. Mm -hmm. I know you're being exposed to a lot of different things that seem fun, that seems like, yes, let me do this. Um, And I say enjoy your time, right? Mm -hmm. I say just... Um, just practice risk reduction. So if you are pre-gaming, I'm not a big fan, but I know it happens. Yeah. If you are pre-gaming, make sure there's someone who's not, right? right. Who's who's there, who got your back, right? There are certain places that are unfamiliar to you that you are going to. You need that buddy to yeah. be like, I, I'm the one that's going to not drink tonight and make sure everyone gets driver. home. Yes. Make sure everyone gets, um, that's another safety tape, right? Because you might not get raped, but you might be in an accident. So yeah. all of that plays into um, the alcohol that you consume or just being weary of the people that you talk to, um, look out for each other. Um, in the first years, remember the red zone is the first six weeks of school and the majority of sexual assaults occur at that time. So knowledge is power. You know this now. Yes. So you take that knowledge and you apply some of these tips that I have. And I'm, I, I can assure you, you'll be fine. So we just want to thank you so much for being a guest. So I just want you to share like your upcoming events, if you have any upcoming events, and how people can educate themselves to ensure their safety. I personally don't have upcoming events. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do within my own um, college that I work. But I say to those college students that... Um, go to, you know, it's welcome week in most schools this mm-hmm. week, and there yeah. will be some sexual violence programming. There will be the Office of Violence Prevention in all these schools in mm-hmm. New Jersey that's going to have a program. Even if you weren't a victim, even if you don't think you're going to be a victim, even if well, we all know a victim, mm-hmm. go get a pamphlet, find out what you can do to help someone if it's not yourself. Um, I forgot the second question. Oh, no. Oh, no. Thank, we just wanted to thank you for being a guest. And we wanted to just make sure that we got all the resources for our students to yes. utilize. Yes. So thank you. Thank you so much. For coming. And um, and we would like to always keep you in the TNP family. Absolutely. And we'd definitely love to come to... Um, a event, event. Program. absolutely because like you know, said bring that, out the outside community oh absolutely in, so. next time i have to take back the knowledge yep. i'll let you know yeah. right. if you do yeah. the vagina monologue oh together, i will that's in so february <laughs> but i'm not sure of the exact date but i will let you know as well thank you miss atis miss marie for being a guest here and we'll keep up with you in the later in later thank in later you time so much Sexual assault is more complicated and common than we think. Women and men of all ages have experienced feeling powerless and have had to find the strength to continue in their lives a different person than they were before 
it happened. We haven't stopped the violence in its entirety, but we also do not have to turn it into a new norm and more so keep communities isolated to feel as though they are alone. We need to continue to speak against the violence to ensure that those responsible are the ones who feel alone and held accountable. And for those who haven't experienced it personally, you can definitely empathize and in return educate yourself on how to best keep yourself safe against these acts of violence or support someone else who has. I think it's important for victims of sexual assault to make sure you use the resources to speak out, join different support groups. As you know, um, toxic masculinity is a huge thing within our community. As the statistics show, most men do not speak out. So for all the survivors out there, please continue to spread awareness. We have definitely unpacked a very touchy subject today. We definitely once again want to thank Marie for being a guest on our show. Um, she was so insightful and very, um, and we hope that you can take away a lot of tips and advice and just the insight that she has as being a professional um, that actually has her feet on campuses in New Jersey and um, really just continue to educate yourself and we hope to come back um, and educate you some more in future episodes so stay tuned and we'll talk to you next week that's a wrap next, next episode, episode on the Millennial Podcast we're joined by Anaya hey girl hey, hey. Anaya so hey, what we talk ladies. about we are talking about the rumors of Netflix stripping us of our binge watching. Ooh. And we're also talking about binge-worthy shows. So we're giving you recommendations for reality TV, drama series, comedic specials, and all. Ooh, so make sure that you stay tuned for the next episode. You can stream the Millennial Her podcast on Anchor every Thursday starting 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on anchor.fm backslash the Millennial Her podcast, including any other streaming site, including Google Podcasts, Apple Music, and Spotify. Also, make sure to follow the Millennial Her podcast on Instagram or Facebook. We definitely love to hear how you have enjoyed our season thus far. Leave comments on our page and be sure to share with your friends. Make sure that you follow me, Ariel Ryan. That's Ariel underscore Ryan and my co-host Cheryl's I underscore five U-R-E-L-Y-R-E-J-O-I-C-E. Goodbye. See you next time.